I'm Brian Cole, your host of Sports Medicine Weekly. And today's episode is going to be an excellent episode. This is with Lindsay Sparks. Lindsay is a collegiate athlete who has aspirations of playing professional volleyball, who actually had a severe knee injury that was treated, a condition that uh, is something that is near and dear to my heart, to our practice at Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, um, and the subject of an intense amount of research and, and progress that we're going to talk about today. But first, before we meet with Lindsay, a word from our sponsors. The Sports Medicine Weekly Podcast is brought to you by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Being your best means always getting better. Whether you're looking to improve performance, relieve chronic back pain, or restore mobility through minimally invasive joint replacement surgery, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush delivers results. Their specialists are top ranked in Illinois and among the nation's best, working together to make your recovery faster, more complete, and a seamless experience. They'll get you back to living pain-free, often without surgery, so you can be your best every day. Schedule an appointment online at rushortho.com. Enhanced Medical Nutrition. Enhanced Medical Nutrition builds clinical nutrition products to help patients prepare better and recover faster. The Ortho Nutrition Bundle is a four-week perioperative nutrition program containing their clinical-grade whey protein isolate and complex carbohydrate powder. Developed in collaboration with internationally renowned nutrition researchers and surgeons, the Ortho Nutrition Bundle is designed to maintain muscle, support wound healing, and improve the recovery experience. To learn more, please visit www.emn.health. Karen Malkin Health Counseling. Have you tried Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars? They're the best tasting bars on the market. Certified gluten-free, paleo, and no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon and at karenmalkin.com. Vericell. Vericell develops, manufactures, and markets autologous cell-based therapies for patients with serious diseases and conditions. For more information about their products, visit www.vcell.com. That's V-C-E-L.com. As many of our loyal listeners know, we've covered on Sports Medicine Weekly the, the, the topic of cartilage problems in, in the knee and, and other joints, and uh, it's often really helpful to have a, a an individual who's lived it and perhaps is even in the intermediate phases of recovery after having cartilage problems uh, and having them actually treated. And today's guest on Sports Medicine Weekly, this episode is with Lindsay Sparks, and I'm particularly excited to meet with Lindsay because Lindsay is, is in many ways representative of a lot of individuals who have cartilage problems in their joint and who not only have problems with maybe activities of day living, staying active, but also have uh, issues where they can't actually play the thing that they love, the, the sport that they love. And in Lindsay's situation, we'll hear about you. Lindsay is a collegiate level athlete with aspirations of playing professional volleyball, a fantastic sport, but one obviously that depends upon, depends upon your, a healthy knee. So Lindsay, thank you for being with me today. And I just really look forward to speaking with you. Hi, yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Cole. I'm excited to talk about this topic and excited to share my story. So, Lindsay, you are a, I, I guess I would say, an academic senior at, um, you're 21 years old, and you're Correct. an academic senior at UCLA, right? Right, yeah. I just actually graduated with my degree in psychology, and I'm starting my master's um, this quarter as well. Congratulations. And volleyball has been your love, and how old were you when you first started playing volleyball? 
Uh, I tell people that I came out the womb <laughs> playing volleyball. <laughs> both <laughs> both my parents um, played recreationally. My mom played at UCI for a couple years. Um, so, yeah, volleyball has been in my life from a very young age, and I developed a love for it as soon as I could walk. Yeah. And so you, you know, COVID, what a lot of people don't understand is when I, I assume you're a scholarship athlete, uh, Division One school. So, um mm-hmm. And uh, what what happens is when you have an injury, you obviously can be redshirted for maybe up to a year, sometimes more. But also COVID kind of gave you guys an extra year. Is that true? That's true. So, yeah, while I am an academic senior this year, I still could potentially play for two more years. So potentially I could get one master's and a second master's if that is what I decided to pursue. Well, you're going to come out really well educated. And I know yes. I know that – I mean, look <laughs> – professional volleyball I always tell my young athletes you know their their sport this is a, it's a real privilege to play a sport like you do and to be excellent at it um it, it doesn't ever go on forever uh so you're preparing for your future so you know probably words of wisdom for our young athletes that uh you can actually make a living being a professional athlete but nothing lasts forever and it's always good to have a good foundation right. and education so you're Correct. studying psychology at UCLA what and do you have another major I do not have another major but I did focus on developmental psychology um, but later on, I planned to focus on people with eating disorders and disordered eating. Um, so that was kind of like the reason why I chose to study psychology. I'm curious, you know, we've had a few episodes on mental health and athletes, and we uh, recently had a, a, an amazing guest uh, discussing um, uh, in professional skiers, but also discussing mental health issues and eating disorders in professional athletes. And obviously, it's a higher prevalence in women than men, but not, not, not really, uh, exclusively for women. Is this something that you saw across your team as being a particular issue, eating disorders? Yeah, definitely. Um, I came in as a freshman, just like wide eyed and like wanting to learn. And, um, I'd looked up to my teammates and would I have ever guessed that I don't want to give exact numbers, but somewhere near half of them would deal with this uh, problems with eating and problems with body image. Um, it's a very, very, very common thing um, among D- D1 and all levels of collegiate athletes, especially on the female side. Um, so I see it as a challenge that hopefully I can help fix someday. Yeah, no, you're in a unique position as a, as a woman in a competitive sport with aspirations to play professional and then to see the inside. So you, you'll, you'll make a difference to a lot of people. So let, let's talk about your knee. Um, so my understanding is that you had a cartilage problem, uh, and I'm going to guess for maybe for a long time, uh, that you were playing through. When did you actually get to the point where you couldn't play your sport? So you're going to find this interesting. I actually am one of the few that um, managed to knock off that cartilage in one swift movement. Um, I was actually in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, playing a grass tournament, which side note, that's a very frowned upon thing when you play, Mm -hmm. um, beach volleyball because switching surfaces isn't always the best. Um, but I managed to knock off cartilage on the backside of my patella by, I describe it as a donkey kick, um, a side sideways donkey kick, trying to keep the ball alive in a rally. And I felt it twist, pop. The ref heard the pop. Um, did your kneecap? Did you, did you dislocate your kneecap at that time? I did. Yeah. So okay, I dislocated like. my kneecap, tore my MPFL, and then knocked off cartilage off the backside of the patella. 
And was your initial treatment, they went in and removed a piece of cartilage and tried to rehab you and see if you would do okay? Yeah, they did, but it took a little while to get there. Um, the first couple doctors that I saw misdiagnosed me before the MRI. So um, they did that blood test, or not blood test, they um, An MRI syringed my, blood. they they did the, um, they pulled the fluid out and yes. basically told me if the fluid comes out red, then that means a ligament has been damaged. Right. And so when it came out red, um, the doctor's like, oh, you tore your ACL, like most likely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what I dealt with first was processing. Okay, here we go. Nine, mm-hmm. 10 months, I think. Um, but then when I got back to my UCLA doctors and we had the MRI, they saw how big the cartilage piece was that I broke off. Um, and then, then came removing that cartilage. How did you feel? You know, the cartilage problems are maybe not as common as ACL injury. So you knew if you had an ACL tear as a college athlete that, you know, well, eight to 10 months, but now you had a car, you found out you had a cartilage problem and tore a ligament called the MPFL. That's the medial patellofemoral ligament that stabilizes your kneecap. How did you feel then? Did you know enough then to say, look, I don't, I don't, there's a lot of uncertainty because in that, in that particular window, I'm going to bet that you didn't know what was ahead of you. Oh, I had no idea the ups and downs to come. Um, my expectations at first, when they told me I didn't tear my ACL, I was celebrating. I went out and got drinks with friends. They were yep. so happy. And then later I found out that the recovery process would actually be longer and that I actually did something worse than turn, tearing so the ACL. Did you, so what was, your, uh, what was your initial treatment? Did they try to rehab you or did you go right? Did they recommend early surgery? Immediately, my doctor asked me, do you want to play professionally? Do you want to keep playing in college? And I said, yes. And he said, well, then like, I think the Macy procedure is going to be the best procedure for you. So you had, uh, I'm going to guess, uh, two surgeries. You had an initial surgery where they went in and did they remove some cartilage fragments arthroscopically where we go in with a small camera, remove some pieces and then took a sample of healthy cartilage to, for a, what we call a biopsy. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. So I, Basically, the timeline was I injured myself June 26th of 2021, got the first surgery July 12th, and then waited for the second surgery for the cartilage to come um, and got that on August 30th. So it's been about eight and a half months since that second surgery. So, you know, just a little bit for our listeners, um, and cartilage problems are actually very common in, 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 in young people. Mm-hmm. The way that you injured it is actually also very common when you dislocate your kneecap. And, you know, mm-hmm. we've been struggling for years for solutions, but we've had some amazing technology that has come on the scene. In fact, the the procedure you had, the so-called Macy procedure, uh, is a procedure that is um, really like genetic or tissue, or I wouldn't say genetic, tissue engineering. In other words, we your cartilage mm-hmm. can be biopsy. We can take a sample of your cartilage. It can be grown in a laboratory, placed on a collagen membrane, and then come back through now small incisions, although you may have had a big incision. I'll be interested to know what else you had done uh, to resurface the area. And it's, it's like, almost like putting sod on a lawn where you're missing a, an area <laughs> of sod and uh, can regrow your own cartilage. And I would say you probably have one of the best indications for that procedure. Now, we have lots of other things that we do, but growing cartilage, the so-called Macy procedure, is probably um, one of the most innovative, one of the most advanced techniques that we do. And given your age, the location, I'm going to uh, guess that the, the cartilage defect was on the back of your kneecap. Is that correct? That is correct. And did you have another defect on your femur, or they didn't have to do anything for that? 
Nothing on the semen, thank goodness. <laughs> okay. So your doctor, did he talk to you about other options or was that the only option presented to you, the, the, the Macy procedure? It was the only option presented to me given my goals and aspirations. And what else was done at the time of surgery? Sorry, will you repeat that? Yeah, what else was done at the time of surgery? What other uh, things did you have done? Oh, yeah. So the first surgery, obviously, we talked about was just the harvesting of the cartilage cells um, for the second procedure, um, as well as cleaning up the cartilage areas that I damaged. Um, basically, my surgeon described it to me as shaving it down so that we could put that sod on the lawn. Um mm -hmm. And then the second surgery is where I had a full MPFL reconstruction. Um, I had a cadaver tendon. Um, I would, don't know how he connected it, but <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, you had a problem in your uh, where the ligament was torn. He was trying to prevent the kneecap from ever dislocating again. Is that the way you understood it? Yes, exactly, yeah. mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and then they also opened my entire knee up to put the sod on the lawn um and, and how big how big was your incision my incision is about looking down right now four and a half inches four inches and, and then i do, have the, they do do anything to the bone or was it just to the, the soft tissue where they reconstructed your ligament on the inside and then they did the cartilage problem yeah it was just nothing to the bone just the cartilage and the ligament and how long ago was the surgery the surgery was the second surgery or the first surgery? The second one, the big one where they where they yeah. reimplanted the uh, Macy, yeah. the, the cartilage graft. Yeah, the second one has been about eight months and almost two weeks. All right. Well, I guess the world wants to know. Uh, most <laughs> importantly, uh, what did they tell you about the rehab and how are you doing? Well, um, the rehab, I could not have even imagined what a twelve month um, rehab process could be. Currently, if you can see behind me, I have some surfboards. Yep, um, I see that. I poised, am, poised, your surfboards, surfboards <laughs> behind you are poised and ready to be used, right? Yes, I have been surfing for probably longer than I should have, um, like the past three months. Um, I am able to jump about, I would say, eight inches right now. Um, mm -hmm. But the recovery process overall has just been... Um, a lot of little big wins that I um, have become so grateful for things that I never would have even taken into second thought. Um, yeah. One of the biggest wins I had early on was turning on my quad um, with my um, with my injury happening in a different state, and then having to see so many doctors in between the first and the second surgery and just like the wait times between um, harvesting the cartilage and getting that second surgery, my quad was just gone, completely gone. I, I couldn't even find it. Um, it was quite amazing to me that that can even occur. Um, did How long did you have to wait before surgeries one and two? Between one and two, it was from July 12th to August 30th. July to August, okay. Yeah. So now you're about, I guess, what did you say, about eight and a half, nine months, if I do the math? Yeah, about okay. eight and a half so, months. And so are your quads, come? have they come back? They have. They have. I am still, the next phase is um, really strengthening my VMO. Um, I'm still quite weak um, in stabilization, um, and I have 
a lot of pressure on the front of my knee still just because my quad isn't quite strong enough. Um, but I'm working on that five days a week with UCLA um, physical therapists and my athletic trainers. So I'm in a good spot. So here we sit. Uh, and how much pain are you having? Would you say it's mostly I have functional? No pain. Functional de- yeah, I was going to say, is it mostly functional deficits now yeah. without pain? Yeah, it's amazing. I'm like walking up hills and everything and uh, my knee's gliding pretty dang well. Um, I'm still mm-hmm. working working on um, going downstairs. Going downstairs with that added yeah. pressure in the front um, is still tough, but every every week I'm noticing improvements. And any swelling? No swelling. That was a huge milestone. Was I was about two and a half months ago. Um, for the first six, five to six months, I when I would push too much in PT, I would swell, and then we'd have to take a step back. Um, but after since about two and a half months ago, um, I've really turned a corner and I'm able to do strength exercises without swelling. So now that you, so I, I would say you're probably feeling pretty optimistic. When, when do you think you're going to start for the ne- uh, next fall? Is that when you'll give it a try? And when are you going to start doing some sports-specific activities to get back to college volleyball? Yeah, so, I mean, this entire time I've been keeping up with upper body and, and core and doing everything I can to stay in shape. Good, Good. Um, The hopeful date for me is September 1st basically just a year after that second surgery is what I was told. Um, but I have talked to a lot of people and it can be from a year to a year and six months. But I think with the way I'm pushing um, every day and I have so many great people around me um, who know and like get to communicate directly with my surgeon through UCLA Health, um, it's been amazing to see how people can come together to put um, such like a detailed plan that's tailored to me. Um, but yeah. 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 And I mean, it's, it's interesting. I'll just give you a little uh, color on the situation. So when I was in training, which is um, I used, I trained in New York and um, when I was in residency, so residency is, you know, when you're done with college, mm-hmm. you're done with med school and it's a, it's a five year, uh, one year general surgery and then four years of, of, of mm-hmm. clinical training. Right. So when we would do these rotations on sports, we had just dozens of young people like you who had this problem with car- with a cartilage mm-hmm. defect. And this is before Macy uh, was, you know, clinically approved. And, um, and, and at that time, all we would do is do the procedure you had first, which is we'd put the camera and clean things out and just right. kind of hope for the best. And at least two-thirds of the people who were treated that way would get no relief whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And they would come back, and they'd still be disabled. And we had literally nothing meaningful we could do, especially for defects on the back of the patella or the kneecap, which are probably the most tenacious, the ones that probably um, are the most resistant to anything other than resurfacing with the Macy procedure that you had. And then it was somewhere around 90, 1997, um, guessing uh, well before you were born, um, <laughs> that uh, we started to be able to do this clinically, which was probably, when I think about my career, the most revolutionary treatment that we had available to manage our patients. I mean, you're a young person, you're 21 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, you can't even fathom what it would be like if you didn't have a solution, you continue to have pain, couldn't do your sport. I mean, it's, it's a really big problem. I mean, these are not life and death illnesses, but your whole life would be on a different course right now if you didn't have this yeah. available to you. So, you know, Vericell, who's the uh, technology company that, uh, you know, really is behind the Macy procedure, 
uh, essentially it's a it's it sounds simple, but there's a lot of science that goes into it. I mean, we have to take a piece of your cartilage, uh, break out the little cells, and then culture them uh, and, and expand the population of cells, and then actually grow them on a on a piece of collagen. You know, collagen is what most of our tissues are made of, and then come back and reimplant it. The surgery is actually the easy part, believe it or not. <laughs> so, um, you know, but I'm just I couldn't be happier uh, to hear that you're doing well, and I and knowing the problem you have. I mean, if this is you know anything, you know this this is my second opinion for you. I'll tell you, knowing the problem that you have, you have a very high likelihood of getting back and being normal. Um, and I can't say that for every patient, but the exact problem you had where you dislocated your kneecap, knocked off a piece of cartilage, had your kneecap stabilized, and then uh, covered that cartilage defect with uh, this membrane of cartilage, this Macy procedure, I would say statistically you have an 85% chance or better of being normal or nearly normal uh, when the time comes and what you're focusing on. And the good thing, you're in a good system at UCLA because you're with the trainers. You have mm -hmm. a very like you were alluding to, you have a dedicated group of people that can help you. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, you agreed to, to talk on the procedure and uh, are there any words of wisdom? Now you're living this now and I'm going to bet by the fall you're going to be playing and I'm going to check in with you again. I hope <laughs> we'll have the chance to, to, to catch up. Uh, I want to hear how you're doing. But uh, do you have any words that uh, maybe or thoughts that you might want to share with other athletes because you're on a team and you have other athletes get injured and this is you know you talk about being interested in psychology this is one of the hardest things that uh, athletes go through is being taken out of their sport i mean this might is this, is this your first injury you've ever happened that sidelined you it's not my first in injury i actually had another interesting injury um i had an ostrogonum in my left ankle removed yeah. basically i just yeah. dove one time popped it out and yeah had it removed, but the recovery for that one is a lot more. Um, yeah, you were probably sure. back in six, eight yeah. weeks, I bet. Right? Yeah, yeah, very, very quick. Yeah. More like a deep cut. <laughs> right, right, from that. right. Right. Um, so, yeah. well, what would you tell your teammates or, you know, people, young athletes like you who are sidelined? Because I think I can tell you as an orthopedic surgeon, this is an area that I spend a lot of time on because so many of my patients are in your age group that, uh, you know, you have your whole life ahead of you and your aspirations are to play professional sports, but you're also in college and you want to be active. You want to stay fit and you love volleyball. And, you know, it's not only about being a professional athlete. So psychologically, this has an, it takes an enormous toll on an individual with a cartilage problem. So, you know, what would you, what, what would words of wisdom be from you to some of your college, your, 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 your teammates or other young people who are suffering some of the same things? Yeah. So, I mean, thinking back to my experience and hearing those first words uh, from my doctor basically saying, if you had done this 15 years ago, like you wouldn't be returning to sport. There wouldn't have been a solution like you were talking about. Um, so starting from like a point of just gratefulness with that um, has been huge for me. Just knowing that I do have this opportunity, whether my chances are a hundred percent, 85% or whatever they are, they kind of have varied from people I've talked to. Um, but one of the biggest lessons I learned is that there's just more, more to life than sports. It took me a lot of months, a lot more months than I thought it would take me to wrap my head around that fact. Um, but like you said earlier, like sports come to an end for everyone. We get old, um, we move on, we get jobs. Um, you have to grow. And I've had this opportunity to grow with this injury. Um, I've also had a lot of down times. Um, it's been a struggle to figure out how to live life, um, not being active. I'm, if you ask any of my friends or family members, I'm probably the most active person. Like 
I'm not surfing, I'm playing volleyball. If I'm not playing volleyball, I'm going on a walk. It doesn't matter like where I am. I'm always looking to looking to be active. Um, so adapting to a new lifestyle, adapting, finding hobbies, um, really focusing on the connections I have with my family members and friends um, has been vital. Like I've had to lean on them through the past 10 months since I've been injured. Um, a little bit more than that actually now. Um, and I can say that I am proud of where I am today and still looking to improve just mindset wise and also hopefully take that back onto the court with me. That's an interesting observation. And, um, I think it's like you turn the faucet off. You're used to just being healthy, having no problems and all of a sudden the lights just turn off. And, um, I can, I hear what you're saying and I think you, my guess is, you're you're lonely you're bored mm-hmm. you're frustrated you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring your mind goes in you know some dark places yeah. am i ever going to be active again am i ever going to be out of pain um i think that a lot of people deal with i i wouldn't say a lot i'd say virtually everyone deals yes. with what you said but we don't yeah. we don't talk about it enough yeah you know and i and one of the reasons i love doing this podcast is that even i get a refresh or a reset when i have the opportunity to spend time with someone to hear what they went through because I think honestly it makes me even be a better doctor. You know, it helps me uh, just sort of get inside the head of the people like you who are mm-hmm. my patients like you who are having these same issues because it's not all about just having a cartilage problem. Right. It's not all about having an abnormal MRI or a bloody swollen knee. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an individual in the mix here who was just completely taken out of uh, t- taken off task. Yeah. And, and, but I, you know, the great thing is that we're seeing the other side of it and, uh, better to interview now than the day you, in- you got injured. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Definitely. <right? laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I, I think, um, you know, you, uh, those around you should be very proud of you because, uh, people can sometimes take a negative and turn into a, a double negative. Right. And, uh, it sounds like you just jumped on it. You had excellent care, uh, in, in the college setting at UCLA. And um, it sounds like you got a lot of people who care about you and are looking for your return. And I'll be another one of those. Okay, I'm looking for your return <laughs> too. Okay, so I'll be carefully wa- carefully watching you in the fall. So, you know, I just want to thank you for sharing your experience. These are, these are great messages for our listeners, especially those who might even be suffering from knee cartilage problems. Um, there are solutions available. You had the Macy procedure where, you know, cartilage was taken out of your knee, cultured on a, on a membrane, put back in, and you're now sitting here 10 months out with no pain. And you have uh, a very, very high likelihood of getting back to all the things that you love to do. And most importantly, playing volleyball. And, uh, I bet I'm, I'm going to bet on you that you'll be prof- playing professional volleyball after your, uh, after you get your masters, uh, you're going to be <laughs> playing professional volleyball. That's, that's my bet. Thank on you. you so much. That means a lot to me. It really does. Yeah. All right, Lindsay, all the best, and uh, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Sports Medicine Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, and please leave us a five-star review. Make sure to also follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. Net proceeds from Sports Medicine Weekly go to support research at Rush University Medical Center in the Department of Orthopedics. The Sports Medicine Weekly podcast is brought to you by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Being your best means always getting better. Whether you're looking to improve performance, relieve chronic back pain, or restore mobility through minimally invasive joint replacement surgery, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush delivers results. Their specialists are top ranked in Illinois and among the nation's best, working together to make your recovery faster, 
more complete and a seamless experience. They'll get you back to living pain-free, often without surgery, so you can be your best every day. Schedule an appointment online at rushortho.com. Enhanced Medical Nutrition. Enhanced Medical Nutrition builds clinical nutrition products to help patients prepare better and recover faster. The Ortho Nutrition Bundle is a four-week perioperative nutrition program containing their clinical-grade whey protein isolate and complex carbohydrate powder. Developed in collaboration with internationally renowned nutrition researchers and surgeons, the Ortho Nutrition Bundle is designed to maintain muscle, support wound healing, and improve the recovery experience. To learn more, please visit www.emn.health. Karen Malkin Health Counseling. Have you tried Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars? They're the best tasting bars on the market. Certified gluten-free, paleo, and no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon and at karenmalkin.com. Vericell. Vericell develops, manufactures, and markets autologous cell-based therapies for patients with serious diseases and conditions. For more information about their products, visit www.vcell.com. That's V-C-E-L.com.